history of Oklahoma is about winning championships. Brooks trying to make something happen. He breaks free. Kennedy breaks out. Forget the field goal. Win it with a touchdown. What is up, Sooner Nation? I am Casey Mallon, and you are now in a Sooner state of mind. Go ahead and like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget, sharing is caring. Tell a friend about your new favorite pod. If you're feeling really lazy... You can shout, hey, Alexa, play Sooner State of Mind podcast. The last of the major pro sports league kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime head to bet online today to get in on the action don't forget to use promo code believe to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts sooner state of mind family how we feeling you good what is good it's all good We're four games into our farewell tour of the Big 12. Up next is the 5-2 Kansas Jayhawks. This will be the 114th meeting between these schools. OU leads the all-time series with 80 wins, 27 losses, 6 ties. And the Sooners are currently on an 18-game win streak. The last time the Jayhawks beat the Sooners, it was 1997. They've come close the last couple of years. Might remember Caleb Williams' miracle on 4th and 1, taking that ball away from Kennedy, getting over the line on what would have been a stuff on 4th down and a loss to Kansas. What? Sooners got that first, got the win, got out of Lawrence. And then last year... You might remember Kansas scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter to make the game close, but the Sooners still won 52-42. might also remember a few years ago when Baker told those Jayhawks something that they could eat after not doing a handshake before the game. Baker made them pay, and I hope we make these Jayhawks pay on Saturday. Just mentioned, Sooners won last year 52-42, one of the only bright spots of the season. And in that win, the Sooners rushed 57 times for 298 yards. And Dylan Gabriel still threw the ball 43 times. Now, I don't feel like the Sooners are going to have 100 plays on offense in this game. But I would love to see a repeat of those running game numbers. That would be 
pretty good. Now, this is a huge game for both teams. Obviously playing for different things this season. But either way, it's a huge game for the Big 12. Big noon kickoff is going to be there. And it is homecoming for the Jayhawks. Would love to ruin an entire Jayhawk weekend. Why not, right? Lance Leopold, very good coach. He came to Kansas in 2021, spent most of his time as a head coach at D3 Wisconsin Whitewater. His worst finish there, 7-3. and three. Did a lot of winning, Leopold did. When he left Wisconsin Whitewater, he had an overall record of 109 wins and just six losses. In doing so, he won six D3 national championships and seven WIAC championships in eight seasons. After Whitewater, he went to Buffalo, spent six seasons there, going 37 and 33. That was before taking this Kansas job. And it's been amazing since he's been in Kansas. Like I said, he's a great coach. He is getting this program turned around. They are getting some players there in Kansas. And if some other big-time programs are looking for a coach this offseason, he will definitely be one of the first coaches to get a call. Like I said, he's turning the program around. He's getting players there. This is a very talented Kansas team. The biggest question surrounding them is about the health of quarterback Jalen Daniels, which it has been most of the season. This week, Coach Leopold said, he's still progressing. Again, I remain very encouraged, and I'll kind of leave it there. I think he's still in the doubtful area, doubtful or questionable, but we remain very optimistic. (laughs) That sounds like some coach speak to me, very indecipherable. Well played, sir. Well played. It is leaning like Jalen Daniels will not play in this game. And if he doesn't, it is going to be senior quarterback Jason Bean getting the start. Um, Bean, not really a dual threat quarterback, but he can definitely beat you with his legs. One of the best uh, backup quarterbacks in the nation, I would say. He's coming off a really nice game versus Okie State. He threw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns, but he had two very costly interceptions in the second half to help the Pokes get the 39-32 win. He had four TDs last year against the Sooners as well. This cat's got a live arm, I'm telling you. But what the Jayhawks like to do is run the damn football. And as a team, these Jayhawks are toting that rock almost 38 times a game for 212 yards per. They have three different running backs, all averaging over five yards a carry. Hishaw Jr., McDuffie, and Devin Neal. Neal leads the team with 90 carries for 659 yards. If you're doing math at home, people, that's 7.3 per carry. He's also got six touchdowns. And he can get it going in the past game, too. He's got 17 receptions for 184 yards and another touchdown. Does a little bit of everything. They rotate those guys in there. They'll go with the hot hand. But Neil is a baller. They also 
have tremendous size at the receiver position. Lawrence Arnold, 6'3", 200 pounds. He's got 25 for 324 and a touchdown on the season. There's also Quentin Skinner. He's 6'5", 195. He's got 14 for 264 and two touchdowns on the season as well. And 6'4", 260-pound tight end Mason Fairchild. He's coming off his best game of the season. He had five grabs for 95 yards and two touchdowns in that loss to the Pokes. Overall, on this Jayhawks squad, nine different players have caught a touchdown. It's a very good offensive line, too. If the run game didn't tell you that, how about only 10 sacks given up on the year? It's a strong, balanced team. Bean can do it with his arm, but the team, they have a lot of motion, a lot of formations, try to trick you in that run game, and they run the ball very well. So to me, the outcome of this game depends on if the Sooners can slow that run game down. When Kansas gets it rolling, they are very dangerous. And last week, for the most part, OU was very good at shutting the run down. Had the 54-yarder to Harvey that kind of skewed those numbers. But we can't afford to give up 54-yard runs to these Jayhawks either. Can't let it do it. Got to tackle well. Early success with the run game. It's what the Jayhawks' whole offense is predicated on. They get yards on first and second down. That helps them convert third downs. One of the best at it, doing it at over 53%. Extending drives can lead to a frustrating and exhausting day for the defense. They got to get off those blocks and they have to tackle well. Good angles and wrap up. Don't try to light a guy up, wrap him up, get him to the ground. Speaking of tackling well, Danny Stutzman named top linebacker in the Big 12 last week, coming off of 12 tackles, a TFL, and a forced fumble first UCF in that big Sooners win. Fun fact, with Halloween coming up, ghosts tell Danny Stutzman stories around the campfire. Freddy Krueger has nightmares about Danny Stutzman. This cat playing great football. It's a powder keg, baby. And let's not forget about our Keep Stutzman at OU campaign. We need to keep Stutz home for one more year. Let's put it out there, people. Like I said, if you see him around campus, let him know. Local businesses, give this guy some incentives. Stay put. Let's get over there and buy that Stutzman shirt of him smoking the stogie. It's going to go down in Sooner lore. But Stutz is not the only Sooner on his defense making plays. Every week, there are at least five to seven players that show up and do something special. Last week, Ethan Downs of Trace Ford getting it done up front. Canick had a nice game. And everybody in the secondary, Bowman, Peyton Bowen, with that huge sack late in the game. Like I said, each week, it's five to seven players sometimes more they're getting 20 plus players in every game to play on defense and they're all statting out i mentioned downs and ford 
another person that this staff really thinks is going to start to shine is R. Mason Thomas. Now, he's been battling some ankle issues most of the season, but he's finally on the mend, and they expect to keep ramping him up, getting him more playing time in this stretch run, adding yet another dynamic player and edge rusher to a defense that's already only giving up about 16 points a game. We can shut down that run early and let these guys just get home and rush the quarterback. It could be a long day for the Jayhawks. And hopefully that's what we do. Bean gives a couple up, get a couple INTs, maybe force a couple fumbles. Sky's the limit, baby. Now let's go ahead and flip this over to the other side. Look at the offense of these Sooners. It has not been a problem scoring points for these guys. Over 40 a game. And Dylan Gabriel is putting together a very special season. Right in the Heisman race. As long as these Sooners keep winning, he's going to be right there. Deservedly so. He's playing some of the best football he's ever done. He's leading the Big 12 in completion percentage at over 71%. He's leading the Big 12 in passing yards per game at over 300. And he is leading the Big 12 with passing touchdowns with 19 of those bad boys. Now, it's going to be cold and it might be rainy there. So if the weather is nasty, it would be nice if we don't have to rely on the pass game. But we know it's there if we need it. Nick Anderson, all this cat does is catch touchdowns really stepped up in the absence of Andrew Anthony last week. Jaden Gibson, looking for more opportunities. They're going to be there down the line. Drake Stoops, money on third down and moving those chains. And Jaleel Farouk, dude is a baller. Kind of quiet last week. I expect to see him a little bit more in the run game and some of the, the screen game this week as well. But even more so... If the bad weather hits game time, this is another opportunity to get this run game going. Kansas giving up over 160 yards on the ground per game. And against the Pokes, they gave up over 200. Sooners, let's run the damn rock. And after his suspension last week, I would expect Tawi Walker to come out on a mission. We could have really used his bruising running style last week against UCF. He wasn't able to play. I think he's going to turn that into a positive, and he's going to come out on a mission to make these Jayhawks pay, and I would love to see more of his dynamic running style. I also hope to see more of the Gavin Sawchuck we saw last week. Looks like he's finally healthy, too. Sawchuck and these Sooners started finding more success in the fourth quarter, running the ball against UCF, including that 30-yard touchdown run to extend the Sooners' lead last week. Almost 90 yards rushing in the fourth quarter. It can be slow up front as long as we're dominating late, wearing that defense down, grinding on that front seven. 
We almost saw Javante Barnes last week. Maybe there'll be a sighting there. And Marcus Major still doing good stuff in spots. You know, it's not consistent, but he has shined uh, at times, you know, a couple long runs, no breakaway stuff. Very efficient in the pass game out of the backfield too. So um, opportunity for all these guys. But a healthy Sawchuck will probably be the one to hammer the business. And if we can lean on that run, like I said, the O-line will wear down that Kansas front. And we can take this game over late if we can get it going. Now, defensively, this Kansas team is not great. Mentioned they struggle to stop the run. They also struggle on third, in, on third down, letting c- opponents convert at almost 45%. And they are really bad in red zone defense. Teams have scored on all 27 red zone drives against these Jayhawks, converting 18 of those 27, or almost 70% of those drives, into touchdowns. When teams get into the red zone against Kansas, they score. That's something that the Sooners need to do, and that's something they've been pretty good at. They're converting at 84% in the red zone and scoring TDs on 70% of their red zone possessions. It looks like a good fit. That should be a really good mix. Like I said, it's supposed to be cold and rainy, so ball, ball control is paramount. Holding on to the rock. If we can lean on that run game, eat the play clock, win time of possession, frustrate that sold out crowd. Don't give them anything to cheer about. Get them cold and quiet and ready to go home. And let's not let this be a weird game like last week was. Execute, finish drives. Come away with points when you're supposed to. I am sure the Sooners coaches were coaching these boys hard this week. And this team will be even more focused. And I would expect them to take the effort up a notch, if not even more. Five and two. These Jayhawks are a good team, but the Sooners are better. They just have to play like it. And if they do, We'll walk out of there at 8-0. And if BV is on the pulse like I think he is, the Sooners will come out with a ton of energy and be highly motivated to get that win and move to 8-0. How sweet would that be, people? It's right there in front of us. We just have to take it. There are also a handful of pretty good games on this week nine slate of college football. Number one, Georgia at Florida. Not quite the game it's been in the past, but starting on Saturday, if Florida runs the table, they will be in the SEC championship. That's good news. The bad news is after Georgia, it's Arkansas at LSU at Missouri, hosting Florida State. Tough road for them Gators. Chomp, chomp, chewy, chomp. And for Georgia, when you think of all the talent this Georgia team has lost to the NFL the last two years, it's crazy that this team has just rolled the 7-0, and most likely on their way to at least 13-0. and 
BYU at number seven, Texas. I don't like to say it, but in reality, Texas should dominate this game. And if they do, looks like they will be doing it without Quinn Ewers. Not sure how long he's going to be out with the shoulder, but he will not play in this game. If he doesn't, Malik Murphy would get the start. Dude, this cat is 6'5 and almost 240 pounds. That is a big dude. And there's also a chance that we might get a sneak peek at Arch Manning. If we do see Arch and it goes well, how quickly would this Bevo fan base flip on Ewers and Murphy? I'm guessing pretty fast. Number eight, Oregon at number 13, Utah. Dude. When I watch Utah play and they have it rolling, when they're the bullies, it looks like they can beat anyone. Man, this is a tough team with a tough coach. That being said, Oregon is also looking really good and they've got their creepy little peepers focused on getting a rematch with the Huskies. And beating a good Utah team would look very good for a one-loss team submitting their resume to the CFP. Number three, Ohio State at Wisconsin. We watch this game now, people, so hopefully we won't have to watch it in December. Unless it's a weird night game in Wisconsin, in Madison. Some weirdness starts happening. They're able to drum up some mojo when they jump around but a lot would have to go right for the Badgers to pull off the upset. A lot. Oh, and by the way, Marvin Harrison Jr. in his last three games, 25 catches, 430 yards, and three touchdowns, making college look easy. Little ACC battle, number 20, Duke at number 18, Louisville. The Lou really blew it, losing to Pittsburgh. I'm not sure how good they are. I know their defense is really good. I just I need to watch them play a little bit more to have it dialed in on a full opinion of the card. Now, Duke, I've seen them a few times. They could work their way to a rematch with Florida State in the ACC championship, although it would be extremely difficult and I'm not actually sure quarterback Riley Leonard is going to play in this game. It's going to be tough to win with him, even tougher to win without him. Colorado at number 23, UCLA. Coach Prime back in Hollywood. Well, technically not Hollywood, more like Pasadena. Either way, it will be interesting to see what size crowd makes it out to see this game. It's not the easiest to get out to the Rose Bowl for football games. Kind of a pain in the ass. I also want to see the Buffs and Coach Prime keeping that network open with Southern California high schools. Really fertile recruiting ground. Chip Kelly last week started Garbers at quarterback. Said Moore was banged up. He hasn't committed to naming a starter yet. But whoever starts We'll be looking good as the Bruins will be wearing their throwback uniforms on Saturday. They are rad. You know what else is rad? The UCLA defense. Other than the stinker against Oregon State, they've held everybody else to 17 points or less. Chip Kelly team playing defense. 
Back to the Sooners real quick. No weirdness this week. Just come out, play great, disciplined football. If we do that, I think we're good. It's in us. The mojo is in us. We just got to let it flow. Let's focus, people. Let's do our part. And collectively, Sooner state of mind, elevate our Sooners to victory. And we'll be back in a couple days to take a deep dive into the recap of the KU game, as well as some of the other big games from week nine of the college football season. Go ahead and head on over to Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Go to shows, type in Sooner State of Mind. You are locked. We have a ton of great content. Every team, every topic, everywhere, Believe.com. And if you want to watch Sooner State of Mind, head on over to YouTube and search the Football Dudes. We are there. Sooner State of Mind is brought to you by Bet Online. And I want to thank you all for hanging out and continuing to help grow the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing your part. I will continue to do my part. My name is Casey Mallon. I'm in a Sooner State of Mind. Have a great weekend.